Hold on, we're going to call here, and we're going to take it, and we're going to see if this is who we think it is. Hello? Tony V, how are you, brother? Jimmy Schubert, how are you? Fantastic, man. I'm so glad you called. We were just talking about transgender boys wrestling girls in Texas. So, um, uh, we were, that's what we were down to as we were waiting for you. Boy, you were hitting the bottom of the barrel, bro. <laughs> When's Jimmy gonna call? Well, it was a case. I mean, we're not, I'm not gonna dwell on you with you right now, but you might want to look into it. I'm sure that once you read about your opine about about a girl who's transitioning into being a boy, uh, and is pretty much close to being a boy, and is a wrestler, but in Texas, uh, the the schools have passed the rule saying that you have to, like the bathroom bill, you have to use the bathroom of the gender that you were assigned to at birth, even though. Go ahead. Absolutely. I've been Arkansas. I got a number two. Can I use the facilities? Really? I can get five to ten for doing a number two? I guess I'll hold it till Iowa. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, we need bathroom legislation. What kind of fucking what kind of people are we? Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. You can you uh, can you can do that here, so don't you worry about it. Um, but I'm just saying, it's like, I mean, how dumb have we gotten that we have to legislate bathroom use? I mean, if I run, if I run into Caitlyn Jenner in a bathroom, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not going to be socializing with her. You know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my business, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> I, 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 who hangs out in a bathroom? You know what I mean? I'm going to make a reservation to use the facilities and, you know, and, and do it, and, you know. Uh, I'll make a reservation. I gotta make a reservation to poop. Okay, great. Uh, we'll see you at three o'clock. I mean, I mean, come on. What is wrong with us? <laughs> the only people that hang out in bathrooms are um, usually junkies. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And junk, you know, junkies, you know, because it's a great. You can go in there and you can shoot up in a stall. You know this. So. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, this whole thing, it, it's it's beyond ridiculous. I, I mean, look, I. I'm not, look, you can do whatever you want. People can do whatever they want, and, and they should have the right to do that. But at the same time, it's, you know, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable when I'm, you know, it's like, it's like that the healthcare thing. Like, you know, we live in a country of 308 million people, give or take, depending on how many undocumented people are here at any given moment. And 10% and of those people didn't have insurance, which is roughly 30 million. So 10% of the population didn't have insurance. So you took the whole healthcare system, turned it upside down, dumped it all over the floor and tried to put it together. And and, and, and the 90% of the people that had insurance, uh, you know, they, they kind of get screwed. Well, hey, let, so let, 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 did you? I was, talking to, I was talking to a guy last night and his premiums went from, uh, you know, $8,000 a year to $14,000 a year with a $6,000 deductible. I mean, when did... When did that become part of, like, you know, I mean, they, they obviously needed to do something because healthcare is unaffordable in this country, but, man, when did, when did it become the government's job to figure all this stuff out? Well, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, except, you know, let me get, get the, an opposite viewpoint that prior to, um, did you have, do you, you have health insurance now? I didn't have it for two years, but I do have it now, yeah. Okay, and I had it, and I had good health insurance through 
Kaiser, when I lived in Los Angeles, uh, I moved from Los Angeles during a recession. It was cost me around eight hundred dollars a month for me. For me, as I, it went from forty-five dollars a month when I was forty to about eight hundred dollars a month in my early fifties, because that's what they do. They keep jacking it up, or that's what they used to do. They keep jacking it up, hoping that you'll drop it because you're the one who's going to use it. So um, yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like you know you're going to charge a guy who's been arrested for drunk driving several times more for car insurance, but this is. They treat older people between 50 and 65 like drunk drivers in the healthcare industry, or they did. Yeah. So, well, you know, I, I, we, I also live in a culture that we're, that you know rewards people who don't take care of themselves. I mean, people that like just say, you know the, the the people who live healthy, thoughtful lives and live that way should be rewarded for for taking care of themselves. And, you know, in the meantime, they reward people who are obese smoke and drink and, and those are the people they worry about i mean why don't you why don't you come up with a well, like obviously if you're 50 55 60 you work out every day you take care of yourself you eat right i mean your insurance premium should be lower i mean we we, we reward hypochondriac hypochondriacs in our society and we don't take care of people who actually do some helpful thoughtful living so i mean i you know i don't have any answers but i'm just saying well, I just say, you know, the, the, the opposite end of the spectrum, I lost my insurance, then I had poor insurance, then with the Affordable Care Act, then, uh, and, I, and, and I couldn't be covered for my pre-existing conditions. Uh, with the Affordable Care Act, I was not only covered for my pre-existing conditions, uh, I was able to uh, uh, be treated for those pre-existing conditions, and through the tax credit system, my insurance is actually cheaper. So, you know, as a self-employed business guy, as you are a self-employed business guy, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, except for those times that, you know, you're working on uh, a television show, but as a touring comic, you're a self-employed business guy. As a self-employed business guy, there's not a whole lot of breaks for guys like you and I. There's no unemployment benefits. There's no, there's no food stamp, nothing, man. If we're hungry, we're hungry. If we're out of work, we're out of work. So the one tax thing that has worked to my advantage over the years credit has been health insurance and my wife and i got it for here i'll tell you a funny story you'll get a kick so i had uh, and i'll talk about it now um i was um i had hepatitis c most of my adult life i was one of the original people diagnosed with it i had no idea they had no idea what it was when they diagnosed it we don't know we don't know what hell's wrong with you so finally they come up with a pill once and the cures they came up with were actually could kill you or depress you Come up with a pill, one shot, one pill, eight weeks. It takes me a year and a half to finally be approved. I get it. You know what it costs, Jimmy, retail? $80,000. Wow. Okay. Look, I'm with you. I, I believe that something needs to be done with health care. But, I, I mean, you know, I think it, it should be based, like you said, you know, like, you, you know, you take care of yourself, Tony. I do now. Yeah. And I have for decades. And, and, and I agree with the, the pre-existing conditions. They should take care of people. Nobody should lose their house because they have a sick child or any of that stuff. I mean, we live in America. It's supposed to be the greatest country in the world. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are concerned about the repealing of health care. And what are you going to replace it with? So we'll have to watch and see. But, I mean, hopefully, we'll keep something in place that resembles something like that. So people like, I mean, there's a lot of people struggling out there. I mean, you know, obviously, people were angry in this country. I, I mean, that's why, you know. And you know, people aren't working, or you know, if they don't, if they're not working, they don't have health care. Usually, people are working; they get some kind of health care. You know, so kind of be more and more as, as we move to like an independent contractor, like you know, like 
you know, my dad worked in a factory. I, I think probably your pop probably, you know, you're, you're from same kind of working class roots, right? Yeah, yeah, a blue collar. My mom my was a, a detective, a, a homicide detective in the city of Philadelphia for about 25 years. And my mom was a school teacher, very kind of blue collar upbringing. Sure. Six brothers. Yeah. I mean, by, by all accounts. Lived in the neighborhood. Irish Catholic, yeah, by all accounts, I should be a Democrat, but I happen to be a Hollywood independent. Well, we're going to get to that in a moment, because I remember something from our last conversation. There's two things we want to get to. We want to get to uh, who you told me, who you were for the last time we spoke, and about some of your uh, travel issues. I just want to finish the uh, story. So I, we get the medication. It's sitting on the table. There's two vials of pills sitting on our kitchen table. My wife, Shirley, and I are looking at it, and it's $80,000 worth of medication wow. sitting there. By the way, there's a five dollar, and you know what I, my copay was five bucks, and I still haven't paid it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead beating him to five just for fun, yeah. and uh, I want him to like have send me a bunch of letters and threaten a <laughs> threaten a bill collector. And I go, all right, here's your five. And, and I, sorry, I, actually, I love it when I said the final dollars. The final dollars. <laughs> you people are going to bother me. As we're sitting there looking at it, Shirley goes, "That's worth more than anything we own except this house." I go, yeah. I go, we could sell it. <laughs> I go. I wonder, what, I wonder what the street value is on that. I bet you, I bet you, Jimmy, I could have got at least twenty k off the. Just off the top of my head, eighty thousand dollars. Sell it for twenty. Someone pushes it for thirty. Everybody makes money. I tell them I took it, but it didn't work. I get a new batch. That's just how my mind works. I don't live like that anymore. That's how it works. Well, you know, when you've been hustling, you know, when you've been hustling like that, you're doing stand up and hustling like that, your mind works like that sometimes. You know, you just got to figure out how to, how, to, how to make ends beat, you know. Well, you don't take any shit from anybody. You especially don't take any shit from, uh, uh, say, travel agencies. Is that correct? Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you guys must have checked out my Twitter again. We did. Oh, I, 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 I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to get in a war with, with Travelocity. Because, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm very anal and general. Before I sit down to my computer to order my plane tickets, I check the dates, I check the club's websites, I check it three times. I just make sure I don't make any mistakes. Yeah. So I put in, I know I'm going to Sarasota. I know the gig is from Wednesday to Sunday. And then Monday night, I start at Brad Garrett's uh, club in Vegas. So Great club. Great guy. Down. Yeah. Uh, so I sit there. And I look at my dates, and then I start working on my ticket. And I put in the sixth, and then it comes, and I, my mistake, I should have checked it out as soon as I got it, but I didn't, I, I never make a mistake with this stuff, and I know I didn't make a mistake. It wasn't my mistake. I think what happened is I put in the sixth, they changed it to the fifth, and their computer system had a glitch in it or something, because I talked to the lady yesterday, she goes, yeah, I see you were looking for the sixth, it says the sixth, I even have a screen grab of the, of the dates I was looking at. Now the thing comes back and it says the fifth. I can't leave the fifth. I have a show that night, so I try to change my ticket from the Sunday to the Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll eat the two hundred dollar change fee. They wanted to charge me eight hundred dollars to change my ticket from Sunday to Monday, which is the cost of the entire ticket. Yeah, it's a lot of money for anyone. And then I'm sitting there on hold for an hour and forty minutes just to try to talk to you and being to see what they can do. So it's their mistake. Travelocity's done this to me twice now. First time, I was like, okay, maybe I made the mistake. Second time, I think they're doing it on purpose. And I hate to say, but I, I think they, 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 you know, I, and I, I guess other people have had this problem. 
where you put in your date, you, you push buy, and then it comes back and it's the wrong date, and then they're going to hit you for the change fee. And I guess that's how they're making their money. But I'm going to get on I'm with the Better Business Bureau because this is the second time they've done it to me. And I do not, I'm very meticulous when it comes to my travel. I like certain flights. I like, I know the days I got. If there's some room to play with it, I do. I'm like, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years, making travel arrangements, so I know what I'm doing. But I think it's ridiculous that, fuck, well, $200 to change my ticket from Sunday to Monday, okay, I'll eat it. Well, you come back to me and turn $800 and it's your mistake, your computer glitch changed my date on my ticket. That's ridiculous. You know, did you, have you paid the $800? Did you have to pay that? No, because uh, what I'm going to do is tell the club that I got a situation. I'm going to have to get out of the show. They're going to prorate my check. I'm going to have to fly to Vegas and get a hotel room on the Sunday, and that'll still be cheaper than $800. Yeah, you gotta. We gotta. You know what? You know what they do sometimes with those with those websites because uh, <clears throat> you know I'll go in there and, and book travel. They will go if you can be flexible, and there'll be other dates. They go, no, I'm I'm putting in the date that I want to go because that's what I want to go. You know, if I want to go to New York, you know, on a Wednesday, they go, well, if you go on on a Friday, they go, I don't want to go on a Friday. I want to go on a Wednesday. You know, yeah, and. The, the only- yeah, go ahead. I was looking at was like I was trying to get an earlier flight out of Sarasota to Vegas. So the only one available was the one at like twelve o'clock, which put me in the Vegas at six forty-two. But that was fine because my show's not till nine o'clock, so I was fine with that. But it, but I mean, my God, it's like you know they're going to eight hundred dollars, which is cost the original ticket. It was ridiculous, and and of course these airlines. I mean, you know, you you fall and you go. You get on the airplane, it's like, you know, now they they, they, they you got to pay for your bag, you got to buy your lunch, there's onboard Wi-Fi, priority boarding, priority seating. I mean, I'm surprised you don't get airborne. They walk down there and I go, okay, people, let's go. Gas money. Who <laughs> <laughs> Gas money. I paid for my bag, I bought my lunch, I asked you think don't call screw the customer, let's go. Gas money and we don't land this bitch. We're going, all right, here's some gas money. Is the cabin pressurization, is that still complimentary? Is it, you guys still pressurize the cabin, is that good? I mean, the one thing I would pay extra for, the armrest. It's not available on the website, you just got to wrestle with Bob, the human carbohydrate, for six hours. Oh, come on, you fat bastard. What is your flunk sharing in kindergarten? I mean, Jesus, I was, I'm sitting next to this fat guy. I'm all the way up against the fuselage of the airplane for like five and a half hours. It was like being trapped in a phone booth with a manatee. <laughs> and, and I'm not fat shaming anybody. I'm not fat shaming anybody. But if your stuff is spilling over the side of that little rinky dink armrest that folds up and down, I got a beef with you because I paid $400 for my ticket. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I read an article so the airline industry as a whole has made $32 billion just in extra fees. Yeah. Just in extra fees. I mean, the luggage thing, 25 was to offset the cost of high fuel. Well, now fuel's $47 a barrel. So why don't you get rid of the $25 bag fee? It's never going to go away. And the $32 billion that you're making on these extra fees, I mean, the least you can do is put a normal-sized toilet on the goddamn airplane. I got pee. I got pee like Quasimodo, so you can squeeze another three people in there. I'm a normal-sized man. I'm not a Chinese acrobat. God forbid you got to do anything besides the number one in there. You know what I mean? I'm not a yoga instructor. I don't want to have to land and you're gonna pry me out of that tiny room with the jaws of life. I'm just trying to take a shit. I mean, God forbid. You know what I mean? I mean, prisoners have a better 
better uh, <laughs> uh, bathroom situation than I do on an airplane, you know? And the only reason you're going in there to do that is you're going to try to wait till you land. But this, at the $17 pastrami sandwich you bought on flight number one, starts heading for the exit door on flight number two, and you're just going to stand up in that room and karate kid that thing out and drop it from a distance just so you do get stuck in it. <laughs> Too much information. And then, <laughs> that was people. No more. And then you gotta fly with people. What's just the worst? You're not gonna play the commander. This little orange vest on it. It's a therapy cat. I don't know what that is. I've never seen one before. Apparently, the cat was trying to get out of this little orange vest she's got on the thing. I mean, is that where we're at as a species? I can't get through my day without my therapy cat. He calms me down. I'm going, hey, lady, I get it. Being a grown-up blows, all right? You don't think we all want something furry to pet when things get hairy? <laughs> I mean, you're on an airplane, you lunatic, and if the nine prescription pill bottles in your purse ain't getting you there, I hardly think the therapy cat's going to take you over the top. You know? Yeah, yeah. ridiculous, dude. Eight months ago, a woman was on American Airlines flight. She had an emotional support pig. <laughs> They made it all the way, and then, I'm not kidding, Google it. They made it all the way onto the airplane. I mean, you're checking in with the pig, that's fine. Going through TSA with the pig, that's fine. I'm going to take my shoes off, but the pig's okay. And there was a guy on a Delta flight like four months ago with an emotional support turkey strapped in in the middle seat. I'm not a turkey. kidding, Google it. A yeah, a turkey, bro. I mean, I'm just saying how long before people get on the plane with a 36-gallon aquarium. Excuse me. I mean, these are my comfort fish. They keep me calm when I fly. But, oh, great. We we'll hit a little turbulence. Next thing you know, we're all in the middle of a wet t-shirt contest. Having sushi for lunch. Because you're afraid to fly, you pussy. <laughs> you know what I, whenever I see somebody with like a therapy animal, like I saw a woman last week in LA with a therapy dog. It's always the look on the animal's face. is like, get me the fuck out of here. Get me out of here. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's, it's bad enough. I got to go to Cleveland. I'm dragging Mr. Mittens with me. He doesn't want to go to Cleveland. He's an animal, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. It's a, you know, although, although, Tony, between me and you, the pig thing does have merit. I mean, that's, I mean, what if they made everybody take a little pig on board? You know, they have a little pedigrees. Little, you know, those tiny, cute little Vietnamese pigs? Yeah. Yeah. This little piggy sitting in first class. This little piggy sitting in premium plus. This little piggy sitting all the way to the back of the plane. I mean, what Muslim's going to hijack that aircraft? <laughs> on the outside chance. You get a little pig's butt on you. Everybody's going to do virgins. Now you're just an idiot like everybody else. You know, sometimes you got to fight fire with pork. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You are on fire this morning, man. <laughs> I'm on my second cup of coffee. <laughs> right. I, I got to ask you. <laughs> the last time we talked, uh, it had to be about a year ago. Uh, and uh, uh, and I've known you. I, the first time I met you was like in the 90s. Um, I knew I knew you before this, but I remember clearly uh, I was directing a, a play that Rich Scheidner was in in North Carolina. And you were in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was on the. I saw Richie last week in L.A. He's coming out here next week. So I knew you, I've known you since the '90s, uh, but the last time you were uh, on with us is the last time we really discussed politics. Because you usually kind of stay away from politics. It's not your. It, it, but you told me, and you and you were a little reluctant to do it. But when you realized that I wasn't going to uh, attack you or anything like that, you told me that you were leaning towards Donald Trump. Which a lot of people were going a comedian for Donald Trump. There are more comedians for Donald Trump than people realize. 
Did you vote for Donald Trump? Or are you happy with him so far? Well, let's, let me tell you something. I, you know, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but I'm just interested in knowing. No, no. I, yeah, well, well, I'll tell you. I, I don't. I didn't think either candidate was great. I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I was amazed that, that he is where he's at now. I really thought, like, the, the thing that gets me is, like, you could have run Ronald McDonald and Bozo the Clown would have been better choices than we had at one point. You know, I wanted to take Clinton and Donald Trump and just mush them together and make one person and call it clump. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, a, just a comb over coming at you on a set of cankles and a pantsuit <laughs> not releasing its tax returns. Just a big orange pile of genetic debris coming at you, begging for your vote. Uh, you know, look, I, 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 you know, it's funny. People vote for very emotional reasons, which obviously you see. And I think Bernie was tapping into an anger on the left. And I think Donald Trump tapped into that anger on the right. And, and I think the Democrats screwed up by running Hillary. I think Bernie had passion. He had people behind him. He had this thing. And I mean, and, and, and Trump won. And, and so, yeah, I, I, look, I mean, he's the only president in America that, or in the recent times that I know that's actually keeping all his campaign promises and people hate him for it. Yeah, whether you like him or not. You know, he, 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 no. Yeah, but whether you like him or not, I got to tell you, I'm impressed with the fact that, and I am a real independent. I mean, you got to earn my vote. I'm not voting yeah. out party lines. I'm not a mindless nut job. I mean, I, look, there's a country of 308 million people, and sometimes what's better for the good of all people is maybe not best for me. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think like that. I think what's good for the country as a whole. And I got to tell you, I, I, you know. Uh, love him or hate him, and he doesn't have it. Like I, I mean, I don't. I don't really care if my politician's smooth. He talks smooth. He doesn't have, look because we're we're in, we're twenty trillion dollars in debt. We do have real problems in this country, and I think the once in our in my lifetime, I could see that somebody's actually representing the American people, and it looks like Donald Trump has that to go up there and, and he says he's doing what he said he was going to do. I mean, and he's doing it at a breakneck pace. And, and, I, and I hope he continues, because it seems like genuinely, I mean, I looked at the motivations. Why else would he do it? Why else would he run? He's got $10 billion. He's got a very hot wife. Finally, we have a first lady who could put out a swimsuit calendar. Uh, you know, I think she's done a swimsuit calendar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, but, you know, why else would he do it? And certainly, maybe it's ego, but they're all egomaniacs. They're all, Barack Obama was an egomaniac. Ted Cruz is an egomaniac. I mean, these people think they can be the leader of the free world. So, look, I'm not rooting against them. I hope he's incredibly successful because rooting for him to fail is like, yeah, you know, hoping the pilot crashes the airplane we're all flying on. It doesn't make any sense. Well, let, let, me, so, let, me, let me ask you this. So, what if it does come out that, because um, right now it's unverified, it's out there, but it seems reasonable to me, knowing many of the people that I've known in my life, what if it does come out that he was banging Russian hookers and, and doing golden shower parties in uh, Moscow. Well, well then, then, then we'll just put him into the Bill Clinton category, huh? <laughs> well, like, you know, Bill Clinton was a rapist. He's raped women. He's uh, taken advantage of interns. He was a hell of a president. All right. Look, people aren't perfect. I don't know who you think you... I, people people expect people to be perfect. When, you know, and everybody's projecting their, their stuff onto this guy. Look, he's, he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect in this world. All right, but but I'm done with smooth talking politicians that tell me a bunch of stuff and do nothing. I'd rather have a guy like that. It's like you know that I mean, you know, I, look, I, and 
But look, look at, I mean, they, but, I mean, you have to realize it was him versus the world. I mean, the Republicans hated him. The Democrats hated him. Uh, the, you know, the media hates him. I mean, come on. And the guy still won president. I mean, at some point, people continually underestimate this guy. And I don't know if you've ever read Steve Martin's book. Here's the best way I can describe it. In Steve Martin's book, he talks about there's two Steve Martins. There's the public persona of Steve Martin. Yeah. That everybody's, hey, a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> and inside that Steve Martin, there's another Steve Martin operating the public persona that is Steve Martin. And yeah. I think that's what you're seeing with Trump. I think Donald Trump and... At some point, people continually underestimate this guy, but I think he's really smart and he's really brilliant because he did all this for a fraction of the cost that Hillary Clinton did it. I mean, guy has his own plane, his own helicopter. Why else would he do it? I mean, maybe the guy felt blessed that he was able to make $10 billion in a system like America, and maybe he wants to make that available to other people. All right, so, but let me ask I you this. I, I, I got it. So... The Russian hookers thing doesn't bother you, but what if they were like Kurdish hookers or like Armenian hookers with like a big mole with hair out of their face? Would that then, would you then look at them differently and go, maybe this guy shouldn't be? <laughs> I would say that he who is without sin <laughs> cast the first stone. <laughs> if there's a video and he's with us like some 300 pound hooker, and I'm not fat shaming, but some, look, with this fat shaming thing, I'm I'm a, I'm about 20 pounds overweight right now. I want people to say to me, hey, you need to lose a little weight. I mean, if you come out of the womb and you're, you know, 200 pounds, that's God's mistake. Well, 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 but, 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 well look, so you talk about obesity. I tell you, I just read an article said obesity's gotten so bad in North America that two out of three people have now become four out of five people. <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't get that joke, that's because seven-eighths of people aren't really good with fractions. Look, only in America, you know, we have overweight homeless people. I mean, how does that work? I know. I was pulled off, the, pulled off the highway. There's a guy standing there tipping the scales at a smooth 470. Back of his neck. Looks like a package of ballpark franks, and he's holding a sign that says, we'll work for food. He's stuck in the red light. That's just uncomfortable. I'm yelling out my car window. Hey, take some time off, will you? What are you, a workaholic? Give somebody else a chance. She's back fast. That might help enough. So you don't look that hungry. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, you know it's like, but, but, look, people... I mean, let's just look at that for a minute. I mean, you know, look at the, the food allergies people have. Look at all this. The, the, I mean, people are basically digging their graves with their mouths. They can't stop eating ice cream. They can't stop doing I mean, if you're that, that, that heavy, I mean, just drink a lot more water. I mean, I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I mean, there's, look, I, I have to deal with it all the time. I travel constantly. I, I struggle to eat healthy. I try to take care of myself. I try to exercise. It's very tough with my schedule. I mean, shoot, if I lived at home, I'd be working out three times a week. If for no other reason than to make sure I don't drop dead of a heart attack when I'm 53 years old. You know what I mean? Did you, did you find, I found this when I was on the road for a while, when I was on the road for a long time, that for a long time you've been on a road and it's the road and it's the party. You know, and it's, it's uh, uh, you know, it's... it's well, that, that, was, that was a different time. Yeah, but then at some point you go, wow, wait a minute, I actually live, I remember being in a hotel one time and going... Well, I'll work out when I get home, and I'll go to dine. I go, wait a minute, no, I actually live here. I live in a hotel that floats throughout the country and the world, and I really started changing my lifestyle on the road. I said, I, you know, I go home and eat ice cream because I'm only home for a couple days. Yeah, well, you ha well, you look, you have to. I mean, because this is an incredibly tough lifestyle, 
I mean, I, I mean, I think you know, people go, "Oh, doing stand-up comedy is really tough." I go, "That's not the job. That's actually the fun part. Yeah, the job is getting from point A to point B, and 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 you know, and not you know, and because you're alone and because you're by yourself, you have to really enjoy your own company. And I think you have to be kind to yourself, and I think you have to treat yourself with as much respect as you treat other people. And I think you know, sometimes it's okay to go back and go to bed early and get your eight hours and go up in the morning. And, hit the treadmill and eat a healthy breakfast and I think it's important I think you gotta be kind to yourself and sometimes you, some people you know don't come to that realization until you get a little older and you get a little smarter and you outgrow all that silliness and sure uh, you know everybody's done it it kind of this lifestyle lends itself to it but you really just uh, I think it's when you get to a point where you go yeah I should be better to myself and that's when you start taking care of yourself and doing all that stuff, you know. You know, you uh, like I said, I've known you for uh, quite some time, and you um, and it, you've always been funny. You, you were one of those guys who was funny off stage and on stage. There's a certain type of guy who's really funny off stage, and then on stage it just kind of bleh. And then there's guys who yeah. aren't funny at all, and then they get. But you've always been funny, you know, on stage and off stage. You get funnier and funnier. Oh. I have one more, and you've been involved in a long time now with the polarization of the country like i put up jokes i sell jokes to people but i put up and i'll put jokes up on facebook sometimes just to test them i'll let and then i go okay people like this joke and now i'll see if i can sell it or whatever but i i get long angry threads ugly attacks based off of jokes that i'll put on facebook i put up a joke the other day about a woman who uh, was deported here a mother who uh, was brought here when she was 14, and as a kid, she worked at an amusement park, used a fake ID, and she got deported. Now that she's 30 and got two, 35, got two teenage kids. I went, if everybody in this country used a fake ID, was deported, uh, half the college kids in America would be in Nagala, spring break for life. People, people, yeah. your joke is not factually correct. You see, they're and, and just screaming and calling me oh, names. Why, 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 you see, that's the problem with Facebook. Yeah. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they're all these, they're internet ghettos. They're designed to eradicate <laughs> original thought. So they want everybody to comply, comply, comply. Yeah. It goes both directions. I post nothing on Facebook. See, people think that Facebook, I'm using my computer, I'm on Facebook. No, what you have to realize is that Facebook is a data mining operation. I wouldn't be surprised if the NSA or the CIA was involved in it. Because everybody takes pictures of everything they eat, they check in everywhere they go, they tell you how they feel politically about this, about that, it's just all out there. And people have been, you know, complicit in losing all their privacy. They're complicit in losing all their privacy. Well, Big Brother's watching you. Well, no, he doesn't have to anymore, because we're watching each other. It's like we live in a, a digital panopticon, which is a type of prison. <laughs> which is a type of prison that was invented by Jonathan Bethany, who was an English philosopher, and it was a circular prison, 360 degrees, and the guard tower was right in the middle of the prison, and it had all blacked out windows. And what happened was, all these guards were watching these criminals, and then they got rid of the guards, and the prisoners kept behaving themselves. There was never a guard in the guard tower, because everybody knew they were being watched all the time, so they actually behaved themselves. It was an experiment. They had a couple of those type of prisons here, but that's what it is. We live in a digital panopticon. Look, it's just a phone with a camera in it. Can everybody <laughs> relax? God's sakes. You, you know, I mean, does everything we do have to be documented 
so future generations can look back on our digital archives and go, what a bunch of idiots these people were. They took pictures of their food. Look, stop doing that. Just eat your food. You don't work for National Geographic. You're not any Leibowitz on assignment for Bon Appetit, okay? You're a customer at Olive Garden, okay? Knock it off. I'm sure, I'm sure Instagram would shut down with all those sweet high deaths and your cheese fries and sunset. But Jesus, for the love of Pete, just eat your goddamn food. And once you eat it, shut up about it. Because you're not a food critic, all right? I don't know who convinced everybody they're a food critic. Everybody, I'm going to go yelp this. No, eat it. Stop taking pictures of your food. You want to Snapchat your turd and post that online? Well, that's, well, that's what your food is. It's a before picture of your turd. Stop it. I got to imagine what the turd looks like when I'm looking at the plate of food. Knock it off. You know what I mean? I just, I, and, then, and then everybody, like, I got people DVR chop. They think, oh, I'm a food critic. No, you're not. You're not a food critic. You ever work in the food industry? No. You know, but the people want to buy it. You know, like they're going to. Br- people think they're bringing down the capitalist machine by yelping. I got no. All you're doing is make it really tough for mom and pop shops to survive. Here's a guy working 90 hours a week trying to feed his family, and you come in, they forget your side of pickles, so you decide you're going to break down the sandwich franchise because they forgot your side of pickle. I mean, Jesus, how entitled would we become? Your garbage disposal eats better than 40% of the people in the free world. You know? Hell's the matter with you. It's just breakfast. Get out of your own way. Eat the sandwich and be done with it, you know? I don't know when... I mean, like, how long before we start yelping each other? You know, look, we have a rule in our society that allows it to function. It's called the let it go rule. Someone cuts you out in traffic, oh, he must be in a hurry. You let it go. You don't follow him home and murder his wife and child on the front lawn, you sociopath. You know what I mean? Someone, someone, someone gives you bad service, you leave a bad tip. It's that, you know, I mean, I, I used Yelp one time, and that's when I realized it was for people. Like, you know, you always do, you know, I had to send the waitress back seven times because I didn't like the shape of my lemon wedge. And even though she seemed like she was happy, I could tell she was a little miffed. I mean, yeah, she was miffed because you're an asshole. And the other assholes and their lemon wedges for eight hours a day. Six days a week makes a single mother of two a little less happier than Pippi Longstocking on ecstasy. All right, I get it. That's bad, bad service. But you know, I and I'm sorry if people like Yelp. I just can't bring myself to give a shit with the local hipster idiot with the Don Quixote beard stash thinks about the quality of the Saigon cinnamon in his local trendy overpriced coffee house. You know. I used Yelp one time to check out a breakfast joint in my neighborhood, and a woman had gone on there and wrote 16 paragraphs because she had a dry blueberry muffin. That is kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of a big deal. Oh, it was kind of a big deal, lady. Just get another muffin. What are they, three bucks a piece? I mean, she wrote 16 paragraphs. They sound so stable. 16 paragraphs over a muffin? I'm reading this review going, hey, Marcel Proust, are we still talking about muffins here? We into the fifth chapter. But the remembrance of all things past. <laughs> because one of these muffins starts talking about stuff in the first person. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus, what's wrong with you? I was a little disappointed with breakfast. I'm going, oh, oh shit, here comes war and peace. <laughs> they were the best of eggs. They were the worst of eggs. I thought the egg yolks could have been three degrees cooler given the barometric pressure and the fact that it's been a dry fall. Considering we're in the middle of the draft, I'm going, hey, Tolstoy, shut the fuck up and eat it. Well, you need a line out front. Man. <laughs> 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 you know, 
you know, now that we've really pointed out that we shouldn't be telling people where we are all the time, and I agree with you 100%. Although I will say uh, I did take a picture of the toilet at the bitter end in the village a couple weeks ago because Bob Dylan peed there. So I felt justified in that. And actually, the toilet is the nicest looking thing at the bitter end in the village. So I was trying to do it a favor. Um, so would you, that we've established, not everybody should post where they are all the time. I'd like to tell people where you're going to be tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, you know what the thing is? Look, here's, here's the best way I can sum it up. I don't mind if people have opinions. I don't have to comment on someone's opinion. I'll scroll past it like a normal person. I don't have to stop and put an angry post on it. But my problem is people never stop having opinions on social media about every little single thing they could have opinions about. I'm going to weigh in on this. I'm going to put my teeth down. Oh, shut up. I want to know what you thought I'd call you. Please. Go out. Now, you want to change the world? Go out and feed a homeless person. Go make a homeless person lunch. Let them come into your house. Let them use the shower. Let them shave. Let them get cleaned up. Go to an old age home. Read to old, old folks. Go to an ICU and visit sick children and read to them. Do something that really makes an impact on life. You know? You want to do that? Go out and do it. Get off Facebook. Get off the goddamn computer. Make a human connection. Make some eye contact. Talk to people. God damn it. Jimmy, you have uh, you have made my morning, man. This is the most entertained <laughs> and insightful and, uh, morning I've had in ages. And uh, if people want to, well, go ahead. They want people want to have that kind of uh, evening. They should come see my show. That's <laughs> what I, that's what I'm going to tell them right now. If you want to have that kind of evening, you should definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, go run down and see Jimmy Schubert at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. Uh, it's uh, easy to access tickets. Just go to houseofcomedy.net, houseofcomedy.net. We used to give the phone number, but Rick went, nobody hears that. Just tell the website. Houseofcomedy.net. You're there for two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Two shows tomorrow. we got one on Sunday as well. Uh, yeah, they should really come out. I'm working with some real funny guys. It's a great show. Do you know the names of the guys that you're, uh, do you know yeah, the names? August, yeah, Augustino Zoida, who's uh, emceeing the event, and uh, Greg uh, Fuhrer. Freiler. So, uh, Freiler. Yeah, Greg Freiler. That's it. Uh, yeah, he's there. It's a great show. Uh, people have been having a good time. And uh, so, yeah, if they, if they want to have a night of entertainment, I love that venue. Uh, boy, is it a beautiful venue and there's comfortable seats. And it's just really well put together. Rick Bronson does such a great job with these comedy clubs. I love the outdoor bar. And there's a whole little outside patio area. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, you know, and plus that whole little that whole little strip of, of, of restaurants and, 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 and bars is very cool. So if people want to have a good night, they should come out tonight or tomorrow night. And they'll, they'll have a good time, for sure. So, folks, uh, you heard that. And also, <clears throat> if you will contact me directly on my Facebook page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, I might be able to arrange to get you a couple of pairs of passes. Jimmy, always a pleasure. I got to, you know, I'm going to try to make it up this weekend. If not, one of these days when I'm in L.A. and you're in L.A., uh, we got to get together and uh, have a cup of coffee. I'll have a cup of coffee. You won't need one. So, uh, yes, we. Yes, that's exactly. I'm a walking I'm a walking pot of coffee, bro. You don't know where I'm <laughs> Yeah, man. If you're in LA, bro, hit me up. I've got a great Italian restaurant. I'll take you out to lunch. You if got it, definitely. Day. Jimmy Schubert, hey, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Take care. Well, that was just cool. I mean, I have known that guy. Uh, and, you know, in, in stand up, you say that you. Uh, 
you say that you know so we ran into one another over the years you hear about what someone's doing they hear about what you're doing uh that guy is one of those guys who's just gotten funnier and funnier and funnier. it was hilarious yeah that was a that was a show I agree with his um, stand though the, the, the best part is that uh <laughs> what i felt like you disagreed with him on a lot of issues but he still made you laugh Oh, you know that's I don't I don't think people get that that I have so many friends who are di- totally we're on totally opposite ends of the political spectrum or cultural spectrum or whatever. But I'm I've never held that against anyone, you know. And if they're funny, they're funny. <clears throat> and you're right. I, I, I disagreed with uh, politically a lot of what what he said, but he was just funny, you know. And uh, that's I'll see that uh, so often nowadays. Someone will say something. People listen up. Uh, there's a guy named Jeff Penn who's a, a a great promoter and a mentor to a lot of people on the East Coast, and and Jeff is actually a great guy. I disagree with him politically, uh, but the other day, but he'll he's one of those guys who'll post like what a joke that seems pro liberal and pro conservative. He's not really a joke writer, but he writes a lot of jokes, and he posted a joke about uh, Donald Trump at the uh, African American History Museum. And all of his right-wing friends going, that wasn't funny, I don't know what he put, and just got angry with him over it, and it was just, uh, uh, it was just pathetic, you know? And I'll post it, someone will start arguing, I go, it's a joke, laugh, don't laugh, don't read it. What, it popped up on my feed, get rid of Facebook then. I don't know what to tell you, I don't have control over that. He made every one of his points hilarious. That was, that was one of the funniest interviews, and it wasn't an interview, it was, it was allowing Jimmy to do, do his thing giving him space to do his thing. One of the funniest half hours uh, we've had on here in a long, long time. And you're right. I didn't agree with a lot of it, but damn, it was funny. But like, like a, a lot nowadays is if someone offends you or says something you don't agree with, you totally tune them out and yeah. don't respect anything they say. No, and I knew Jimmy going because the last time we spoke, which was about a year ago, and he was a little shaky. Not, he would be, I go, we were talking about the election. He goes, I got to tell you. I remember, he goes, I'm leaning towards Trump. It was almost like, you know, a lot of, and you know what, a lot of people on the uh, liberal side, and, and I am, I'm on the uber-liberal side, uh, there are people who won't hire you if you're a conservative. There are people who won't be friends with you if you're a conservative, and vice versa. It's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for entertainers, uh, to, and especially comics, and most comics, and and. Jimmy proved it there are just so darn smart and so darn well read and so up on everything that's going on uh, that if we give any sort of opinion at all, we're attacked, we're boycotted, we're booed. Uh, 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 so uh, he came out and said something that a lot of entertainers weren't going for Trump, obviously. He thought that he was the best choice and he wasn't in, in, he wasn't afraid to do it and now Trump is the president and he just made funny point after funny point after funny point and uh, oh, I like the stuff he said about Facebook <laughs> yeah yeah Facebook has gotten a little insane yeah. it's gotten a little insane so uh, insane. yeah so and if you want to see this funny funny guy and he's the type of guy that if you give him a topic a lot there was some stuff that he was saying this morning that I go all right this is stuff that he talks about on stage clearly. But there was some stuff where you go, he is the type of guy that if he gets on a run, he can just make a run funny. You give him a topic, and he can run with it and make it funny. And a lot of that was going on this morning. And uh, we're going to go down and check him out this weekend. I can't wait to see what he does on stage. You should go down this weekend and see him on stage as well at uh, our good friend Rick Brunson's 
House of Comedy, 5350 East High Street. Jimmy was right about that area. It's like an entertainment district street. You can actually park and spend an entire evening there. There's restaurants. There's shops. You can get a haircut. You can get a haircut. Uh, you can go down there, get a haircut, have lunch, do a little clothes shopping. You can uh, have brunch, catch up, catch a show, and then afterwards, there's like a kick-ass bar. It was a uh, Toby Keith's for a while, and it went is under. It the, is it the country bar? Yeah, what is that? Great American Cowboy Saloon. Is it Cowboy Saloon? And I mean, that place, uh, that place is happening, man. I mean, you go down there, and it's like, it's as, it's as trendy as, it's like the Studio 54 of Cowboy Dance Joints. People are decked for that. Uh, so there's just a, a ton of stuff going on right there. And uh, you owe it to yourself. And the great thing I like about it is uh, sometimes, because it's in a more of an upper middle class area of uh, Arizona, but the great thing about Arizona is, like, if you live in Los Angeles and you live in, like, uh, Pomona and you go to Beverly Hills, you feel like an outsider. It's like, whoa. You know, and people you almost look at you like an outsider. It's like there's some sort of code. Not so up there, man. Anywhere you live in Phoenix, Arizona, you go there, you're going to feel welcome and you're going to have a good time. Uh, and you want your uh, good time to be centered around Jimmy Schubert at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, houseofcomedy.net. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to wrap things up. What a great morning. You are listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com.